It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everyone? Jeff Mosher here alongside Adam Kaplan on a rainy, somber Sixers loss Monday. Adam, we are going to try and inject some enthusiasm and excitement back into the Delaware Valley, as difficult as that will be after the Sixers were eliminated last night on the what's being called now the double doink. You know, the, the, the yeah. Eagles <laughs> prevailed on the double doink. I'm sorry. It, it, yeah, it was the double doink for Correct, the Correct, against the Bears. Yep. It, was almost, it was the double, double doink last night from Kawhi Leonard that sunk the Sixers. Four bounces, yeah. The last one was like, I don't know what that was. It looks like a thud. But anyway, yeah, that was that was a really tough deal. Uh, they, they did make it interesting. Uh, but the, the the inability to stop Kawhi Leonard when it mattered, there were. It, what's funny about that game was there were certain times during the game where like they really did a good job against him, mm-hmm. but overall they did 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 a poor job against him because he just was a one man wrecking crew. I don't think it's so easy to say, geez, if they would have stopped Kawhi Leonard, they would have won the series. But you don't need to stop him. You, you need to try to limit him as much as you could. And they they were never consistent with their ability to to slow him down, and that was in the end what did them. To put an Eagles spin on this, let me ask you this. As a lifelong Philadelphian, Cheltenham guy, yeah. um, in recent memory, because you can go back and find tough losses anywhere, but in recent memory, we'll talk about Eagles and Sixers. The parallels are they both make it to the second round. They both lose in heartbreaking fashion in the second round, whether it's the Eagles and Alshon Jeffrey not catching a pass that I think you and I believe he catches that pass. At very least, they get the go-ahead field goal in that situation, right? If they don't they score dom- a The difference is, though, the Eagles dominated that game. They had for the, from the start, yeah. Where the, this game against the Raptors, the Sixers were playing uphill almost the entire game, briefly led a couple times. But how it ended? How, it sucked, it yeah. It, 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 I mean, bad taste you got one mouth, guy dropping yeah. the ball and yeah. the other guy banging in a, uh, a jumper fadeaway that hits the rim four times before <laughs> falling in. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tough deal. Listen, uh, it, it was tough. As a diehard Sixer fan like I, like I am, um, I stay away from Twitter for an hour because I need to calm down. I, 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 I wish I'll, everybody, by the way, took the approach that you I, took I had about to calming because, down before you go to Twitter. Because what happens is people want Brett Brown fired. And yeah. as of as we tape this on Monday, we don't know if he's going to be back. He really should be back. People need to remove the venom. And there's a saying in sports, if you want to get rid of someone, you better have someone who's better than this guy. Yes. Come on, man. I mean, it's like people want Andy Reid gone forever. It ha- When it happened in 13, it had to happen after the 12th season. It it it, 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 it taken its course. Right. But the Sixers have only tried to compete for two years. I mean, come on, man. This is it's Let's not overdo it. So, there yeah, it, it, it's been... 
we, you know, it's been an interesting offseason for the Sixers when we, we mix in Eagles talk. Yeah. But for the Eagles going forward here, they're still making moves, Jeff. Right. Well, that's what I was about to say. Eagles talk can be a pick-me-up. And I know last night... <laughs> last Jeez, night, really? Last <laughs> night, I felt bad about it. I, I do what I do the night before every podcast for our listeners and, and question askers. I tweet out, you know, from the Inside the Birds account, you know, please send us any of your your questions, right? And as soon as I sent out the latest uh, tweet about it, people were like, could you give me like 20 minutes or could you give me 24 hours to get over the Sixers loss? But unfortunately, we can't. We have to do this because we want to and it's good for the listeners. And again, I think it can inject some enthusiasm. So let's line up what we're going to talk about in this pod because this will be a little bit of a different. We're gonna. This is like a potpourri type pod in that <laughs> we're going to hit a whole lot. We're mixing everything in. We've got UDFA signings, rookie free agent signings that we're going to talk about, the start of rookie camp, we have a contract extension, we have a quarterback got signed, we have an offensive lineman who just got signed like minutes before we're doing this podcast, so we're going to mix it all in and talk about everything because people have been asking us questions from soup to nuts on all this stuff. So why don't we start with what I think is the most important thing is the, the rookie free agent signings, and it's important, Adam, because A... There are a ton of good players in this league who started off as rookie free agents, and this franchise should know it best out of Corey from Corey Clement and what he was able to do, Clement, in the Super Bowl. You know, 100 yards receiving, setting up the Philly special touchdown with a great catch and run. So there's an interesting crop of rookie free agents, and the two positions that I think that they really focused on, as opposed to being widespread, were guard and linebacker. Most of those signings were there. And my information, I think, is the same as yours. The guy to watch really at the linebacker spot is the kid from Wisconsin, T.J. Edwards. Is that is that what you've heard to as well? Yeah, he's a – I don't know what the correct term is. Sawed off might be a little bit. He's 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 short. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could play probably three positions in the Eagles 43 front under Jim Shorts. The Eating Eagles – Middle linebacker. Yeah, or outside stronger yeah. week, one of them. So probably I, more meant for middle, although, yeah, he's slimmed down a little bit. I would say this. As we try to project who might make the team, is there room for – an undrafted or lower lower end player to make it. Mm-hmm. There are probably going to be two to three players that were either not drafted or that are sort of lower free agents, free agent mm-hmm. signings. Someone is going to make it probably out of this undrafted free agent class. Correct. It could be Edwards. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, you mentioned Corey Clement two years ago who made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Adams did not make it. By the way, just for clarity's sake, he was actually cut and right. signed back off the practice squad and then after like week two. Weeks two. Weeks later, right. Yes, exactly. Right. right. So. <laughs> Uh, but Clement's the best example that I could remember in decades. Of, I mean, you, you could make an argument that he was a Super Bowl MVP. Right. Obviously, but, Foles was, yeah. but he was jo- probably runner-up. Josh is actually a good example in, a, in the way that maybe these guys don't make it, but they have a profound impact at some point because they do get signed You know, a week or two into the season. Okay, like or Josh a guy like Joe Osman, who has a great camp, Okay, Perfect. talking to the Eagles last summer. They were so deep at DN, there's like no way he could make it. Their hope was when they cut him that the word didn't get out how well he did, mm-hmm. so we didn't get claim off waivers. He wasn't, and he spent the entire season on their practice squad. So he's a guy that, again, is unlikely to make it, but he's a guy that they're developing him mm-hmm. uh, through their practice squad and through their OTAs. But there's going to be an opportunity to sum this up, Jeff, for, I think, two lower-end guys. It could be the UDFAs. It could be TJ Edwards. Um, it, now, as you said, they, they signed four center-slash-guards. Maybe one of them makes it. Maybe mm-hmm. the Opeta guy, the kid who had 39 at, at the Combine. Sua Opeta. Okay. Yeah. He had 39 in, on the bench press. Well, look, that's pretty strong. He also ran the 40, I think, in 501, and which is pretty good for a guy his size. He played, Jeez, why wasn't he drafted? He played tackle. 
I heard he's a little bit of a you know uh, an interesting cat. Let's just say that um, uh, he's not he wasn't drafted because I think they're not exactly sure what position he's best at. And while he is a measurables type of guy, and you're right, usually those guys, especially at the offensive line, get drafted for whatever reason. He got bypassed. Those are the two guys, Adam, T.J. Edwards and Sua Opeta, that I was told to keep a close eye on for having strong chances to make the team. If there's going to be somebody from the rookie free agent class who might push them and make the team or will probably make the practice squad, two other names that I heard were the kid from Penn State, the guard McGovern, and the linebacker from Stanford, Alfieri. They've got some work to do. Um, Alfieri is interesting, Joey Alfieri, because he tested really well at the combine. And from what I, the feedback I got from scouts was he tested better than he played. So if maybe he was had – it's a situation where – and you'll see this a lot. Guys are – on a defense or surrounded by other guys who aren't as good and they have to do more or they're not in the best position to succeed, they test well and then people are intrigued by how well they test and they come into a better position and their strengths are capitalized. Yeah, Alfieri is a guy to keep an eye on. Anthony Rush is, is a very good football player. He's a nose tackle uh, from UAB. The only tackle I believe they signed, right, DT? They, they signed. Um, looking at my board here, uh, Kevin Wilkins. Kevin oh, Wilkins, right. Wilkins is yeah. uh, a D tackle from Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Rush to me is got a lot of ability. He's got to get get better physical shape. He's somewhere two three forty five, three fifty. Right. He's a monster. He's over six foot four. He's got rare size and athletic ability at D tackle, but he's he's very raw. But he's mm-hmm. got ability. He's a practice squad type of guy. But again, to sum it up, I think we're going to see if it works out well. A couple guys make it to the preseason. Mm-hmm. And then they, they really do well. Mm-hmm. Now, DeAndre Tompkins is a guy that we were asked uh, by someone on Twitter. Uh, the only way he could even push is for punt returns because they, he's an outstanding punt return out of Penn State, Jeff. Uh-huh. But you got to do more than punt return. This is why last year the kid, um, who was the kid that went to the Texans the Eagles had who had been with a bunch of teams, who was actually on the opening, no, no, no. The opening day roster. Oh, Did a really good job. Carter. Yes. Yeah. Played 54 snaps in the Yeah, opener. it was crazy. Yeah. So, so he... Um, he also could return. You got to be able to do more than return. You got to be, be able to do more than one thing. The Eagles thought that uh, long term he couldn't help them. Uh-huh. They would have. He actually could have helped them after Hollins got hurt. But nevertheless, uh, that that that's really it so far in the undrafted guys, Jeff. I don't see anyone else really. Uh, I know some people mentioned Jay Liggins, who's an undrafted uh, corner. Uh-huh. Um, going to be hard to make it uh, because the Eagles. The, the one position they have in, in the secondary that's deep is corner. Right. One, one scout who I spoke to in particular, he's, he's more than a scout, um, we'll just leave it at that, who has a, a familiarity with the Eagles, said he felt that Edwards and has the strongest shot to make the 53. He, to answer your question about Opita and why he can, can draft it, says he has an, a lot of natural ability but will need time, kind of technique, and especially if you're playing a new position, which he's probably going to be at guard instead of tackle. So he needs some time. Those two stand out. As far as practice squad eligible guys, he thinks he will make a practice squad are Joey Alferi, uh Ryan Bates, the tackle from Penn State. I said McGovern before. I meant Bates. Um, and they get, McGovern's the other guard from McGovern's Penn State. McGovern's the other correct. guard who did not sign with the, uh, right. the Eagles. And the third guy, another Penn State kid, DeAndre Tompkins, the wide receiver, who I've watched a lot. You know, a lot of ability. Uh, he can drop a ball here and there, but he does have a lot of natural wide. I don't think he was ability. a combine invite. Invite. Looking at my I think list, you're here. right about that. Yeah. So, so it's an interesting list. Though. Yeah, the Opita guy is over six foot four. He's got very good size for a guard, three hundred one pounds. His combine workout was really good and eye opening. Mm-hmm. But what Jeff's saying is he's he's a developmental prospect. 
that needs work and you're not going to get that work, he's never you're never going to want him to play this right. season. You want him to, you want him to develop on the practice squad. He's the kind of guy though if he gets really good tape in the preseason, you're probably not going to want to cut him. Right. So we'll see. He's a guy to track. So to, to sum this up on the RFA signings, I would say if you're kind of a, a football nerd like you and I and you care and you pay attention to rookie free agent signings, right? If you're not just all about who's the starting quarterback and is he healthy, right? I think this is an interesting linebacker battle between these two guys, Edwards and Alfieri, because they bring a different skill set. Edwards played at 250 pounds. He started like 55 games at Wisconsin. He, he's... Started the third most games in Big Ten Conference history. He is a Big Ten downhill linebacker. Okay, so he's a run-down linebacker who has trimmed up a little bit. So he's 230 at the combine, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, 230. I mean, he lost yeah. like 15, 20 pounds. Yeah, so we'll see yeah. if he can has the athleticism to play more than run down in middle. Alfieri is a guy who can probably be more of an outside linebacker, who can run, who can cover, who has more measurables, but not nearly the experience, right? And you obviously... More people think that Edwards is the stud than Alfieri. So it's uh, to me, that's the fun competition to watch. So two or three players, I think, could push for roster spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certainly certainly an opportunity at linebacker, man. They, oh, they, yeah. they are so light and don't have uh, developmental prospects on the roster. So that that you know, if you're an agent, when you get a player signed to the Eagles roster, probably mm-hmm. a good move. Let's, let's shift gears a little bit because I think the big news last week was Doug Peterson basically uh, he almost pulled an Andy Reid. Remember when Andy Reid signed? Stacey Andrews, and it was the same day that Brian Dawkins went to Denver, and everybody <laughs> wanted to talk about how you let Brian. Do- and he said, "Well, this is Stacey Andrews." Yeah, day. yeah, 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 right. Well, right, right. Th- yeah, last week was like everybody wants to ask about Carson Wentz's progress, and he was basically like, "This is rookie free agent camp. That's all I want to talk about is rookie free agent camp." When nobody wants to ask that question, so they were a little bit covert, uh, a lot covert as as it pertains to Carson Wentz and the comeback. When he got hurt, they said it would be. I think they said he'd be fully healthy around February. Now we're in May. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms listening, by the way. Are yeah. You, is that raise a little... Well, what I'd said, I think, uh, a while back on our show here, is that if he's not ready by the June OTA, the mandatory camp, then there's an issue. Mm-hmm. And I would be very concerned. I'm not concerned now. Um, uh, a fracture in the back could take more than three months. Uh, I, now, I have, don't know of any setbacks. Right. I don't know if they're being overly cautious. Uh, the, the, the the signing of Cody Kessler has nothing to do with this, like zero to do with it. They cut Luis Perez. You you have to have four quarterbacks, by the way, for yes, OTAs. You, camps, especially if one of them is not going to participate yeah, in everything. Yeah, but, so yeah. I, my, my my thinking of once is he'll participate in OTAs. I don't know when. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I, I will say that I'm a little bit surprised it's taken this long. Yeah. But um, there's nothing wrong with... You know, the doctor last year said that did the surgery on Wentz coming back from his knee surgery. Why not take longer? D- don't he actually told the he actually went up with uh, John Clark. He went on record right. saying what's what's taking a couple two or three more weeks for your franchise quarterback. So there, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I again, if he's not work if he's not worked out by the time the June camp comes, I I mean I, I just don't see that happening. I'm going to repeat something that I've said I think in the last two pods, and it is not a criticism of the Eagles, their management, or the offseason. I've generally understood and liked and appreciated the entire process that they've gone through this offseason to make this team competitive. But when people keep asking me, do you think this team is as good as last year or the year before the team that won the Super Bowl, the two things I – one thing really that I talk about is right now I cannot say that because depth is a major issue. And when you start talking about depth, the first position you look at is quarterback. If Carson Wentz gets hurt, there's no Nick Foles to come in and bail them out. 
That's just the reality. Well, they don't have anyone who's ever started an NFL exactly. game. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that, that's a concern. And I, that's sure. not a criticism. Sure. I can, there's it's just a fact of they, life. It's right. a fact of life. It's right. hard to do what you had to, to replicate what you had in 2017, and even to an extent last year. They've done everything they could, but now we look at the quarterback depth. We know they have Nate Sudfeld. They just signed Cody Kessler, who, in my opinion, is a very awful quarterback. Is that, he's a, he's a he's a third quarterback. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was overdrafted by the Browns. Mm-hmm. He should have been a fifth round pick, not a third round pick. Hugh Jackson was wrong. Uh, Hugh Jackson was uh, got, got into it with the media, said so the media was wrong when they criticized the pick. The media was actually right on something. Right, uh, and you know, he's here probably I'm sure in part for Andrew Berry, who was with the Browns then. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. A lot of the signings the Eagles have made, right, if yeah. you go back and look at the connections, like Joe Douglas and Chicago and Alshon Jeffrey, um, they had somebody. It wasn't somebody who was, came from Miami that knew, knew uh, Ajayi. I thought there was a connection somewhere. Ajayi, um, I don't know. Maybe not. Oh, Tannenbaum, was he uh, still controlling in, at the time? Right, but I think, but yes, Cali? but I think, where did um, Dwayne Joseph come from? Was he with Miami before he came in here? Jacksonville. However, I don't know. Joe Douglas... And at the time, Miami coach uh, Adam Gaze were together in Chicago correct. a couple of years yes, ago. Correct. So there's a lot of connections you saw in, in and you know, the Ravens, Tim Jernigan. So th- this is a that's an interesting dot to draw too. You know, bringing Andrew Barry, who was there in Cleveland. Um, well, and, right, and you need to have you really have to have enough quarterbacks here. And Luis Perez, no offense to him, he's never played an NFL game, uh, and he. I think Kessler does bring up the competition a little bit. Sure. He's, he's in the end, not going to be good enough. He won't be on the roster this fall. I don't think there's anyone who's going to debate that. Right. Because they're, they're thinking is Clayton Thorson going to make right, team. Yeah. be the third quarterback. Mm-hmm. But Kessler is a timing and rhythm quarterback. He's got less than average arm. When he's at his best, he gets it out quickly. Uh, he's His big issue in college, the reason why he was overdrafted, because his accuracy is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But if you really are honest about it, he didn't throw the ball that well because he didn't have a good enough arm. Right. But if you protect him, he gets it out. He's athletic enough. The Eagles like guys who can move. He certainly can move, but he's not real big. He's only six foot one. Right. Um, I, I, it's, it's a, I don't want to say it's a shame. I would have liked yeah. to have seen what Luis Perez could do, given what he had done in the, um, was it the AAF? Yes, that, correct. A, yes. And just his overall athleticism. But let's say this. Cody Kessler probably isn't, isn't going to be on the practice squad. So if he doesn't make the team and your three quarterbacks are Wentz and Sudfeld and Thorson, there's always a chance that Perez could come back for the practice squad, especially if he's able to latch on well, to somebody Well, or, or um, one thing to keep an eye on, we haven't talked about this, but if the right quarterback becomes available, don't discount someone signing. Let's say, well, not, not like Brock Osweiler no, is available, but it's someone, if someone's cut, they like. Like if, a veteran, you mean? Yes, if someone fits their system, if they have familiarity with them. Right. But right now, it's such a bad group. Matt Castle, people believe around the league that he's done. Uh, is there know, a chance now that the Dolphins have acquired Josh Rosen that Ryan Fitzpatrick gets cut because no, they don't want to pay him the no, money? No, okay. no, 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 right. no, no. They want him there as the veteran backup. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the only guy that I think would be fascinating, because he hasn't made a decision whether he wants to play or not, uh, I know Josh McCown was on their list a couple years ago. Right. Uh, around the time of Nick Foles, but uh, wherever McCown, I can't remember where he was. It was probably the Jets where he went. Mm-hmm. Uh, nevertheless, um, Josh has not made a decision. He could, he could, tomorrow, he knows the system. He knows the West Coast system. He's played in it. But really, when you look at Geno Smith as a guy they didn't like in 13, they backed off of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a long story uh, for another time. Mark Sanchez, forget about it. Where's Bortles these days? Has Bortles is with the Rams. Yeah, oh, he's he with the Rams. Rams. So, of course, that's right. Josh Johnson, uh, he's been with so many teams. So there's, it's a bad yeah. list. Yeah, it's a bad list. So right now it's Sudfield. All right. Well, we go forward. Um, we, you mentioned Dwayne Joseph, who uh, you know was 
one of the part of the front office for yeah. the last few years, has recently left to go take a, a I would say, a similar position Correct. with the Raiders. Same title. Yeah, same title to work for John Gruden, Mike Mayock. Uh, it, it's ha- always hard to kind of measure the loss or gain of a person in that position. He, he was in charge of pro personnel, which means all the pro moves, not the college moves, but free agent signings or pickups or anything, he's involved in scouting. And, and you would have to say they've done a really good job of bringing in players from other teams. Yeah, so the, but there's also a big totem pole above this guy that... They have a very crowded that. front office. Okay, I, I don't know the guy. I could just I talk to people who know him. I talked to a couple people about this situation. So they, the Raiders haven't announced it, but I he's he left. I mean, I talked to people. Yeah, I've got him, the so same. I, I, and I, I know. I, yeah, so the, what happened was is the opportunity came about very, very quickly. Uh, it was open, um, but I think, as I understand, he got recommended for the job, and I guess he asked out, Jeff. Right. And they didn't block him. They could have said no. Right. And uh, the what I understand is uh, he had an outstanding interview with Mayock. Mm-hmm. Mayock was looking at other people, but he did such a good job, and he has so much experience in pro personnel, which is very, very important because right. to sum it up, what a pro personnel director does is not only is he not only – is he in charge of advanced scouting for mm-hmm. games during the season? Right. He's got to get – he preps the uh, coaches for free agency. Mm-hmm. They gather – you know, they do all the pro scouting. And it's a pretty big job. And yeah. you've got a st- very small staff of a couple – two or three pro scouts. Right. And then, you, of course, you give your reports to the player personnel director who gives them to the general manager. So, sure. Or in this case, the VP of whatever Howie Roseman's uh, job title is. He's really a general manager anyway. Right. So – uh, by the way, uh, my understanding is like the Alshon Jeffrey situation, him signing here, never mm-hmm. would have got done without Joseph. Well, that's huge. Yeah, so he was involved in it, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he had some knowledge of Jordan Howard. Right. But the big one was Jeffrey, so he's a, he's a very well-respected. This guy in his mid-40s who's got a, probably a better opportunity with uh, with Mayock and the Raiders, though I'm told Mayock didn't really know him. He um, he well, just got recommended for the job. He certainly and, has his work cut out for yeah, him. Let's just say that. Yeah. To be able to A, rebuild the Raiders, yeah. and B, survive under while working for John Gruden. Plus, so. and they're moving next year. So Now, this guy was brought in by Chip Kelly. So it's important to note uh, Dwayne Joseph. Yeah, in fact, Ed Manowitz and... Okay, now I got it. Ed Manowitz and Joseph work for the Dolphins together. That's there why he was There we here. go. Yeah. Okay, there we go. So, yeah, uh, he was brought under Chip Kelly. So he certainly knows about working under some unique people yes. who are uh, quite demanding. Uh, also, I would say a small, you know, something that I think is important is, uh, you know, it's a common theme in the NFL, African-Americans in prominent positions. Dwayne Joseph is African-American. He is the highest pro scout on the team. He's now gone. But interesting to note that the Eagles assistant director of pro scouting, Brandon Brown, also African-American, young kid who's been with the team for two years, uh, as I was told and uh, when I checked into, you can make a good, co- nothing's definitive, but if there were to be an in-house successor, this kid, because he was Dwayne Joseph's assistant and has been with the team for a couple of years now, could theoretically well, f- fill some of the, the voids. If he doesn't get the title... Uh, my understanding still- is they've actually, if they haven't interviewed the person, mm-hmm. they have someone in mind that they want to talk to. I would think so. Someone a um, I think it actually either happened or is going to happen very, very quickly. This this will be filled within a week. All right. Uh, now, they may what they may do is either hire a director or they may just... Split it between two people. Well, that's not uncommon in the league. Yeah, anymore. so so we'll see what happens. But it's not a big deal. As I told our good friend Herb on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Our, by the way, the questions have been phenomenal. Like the last Love six them. weeks. As a matter of fact, I would say half of our shows have been dedicated to the questions because they're they're like they're so good. Yeah. So I knew we had smart. We're gonna get to listeners. Good today. job, people. We're yeah. a good job. Uh, all right. So the, uh, we've done the front office. Got the Cody Kessler. Uh, a, a move that I think 
went under the radar but was interesting that we're talking about Blake Countess, who the yeah. safety that they yeah. claimed off waivers from the Rams, who they had drafted a couple of years ago in the sixth round out of Auburn, uh, not only was claimed off waivers, but then a couple of days later, Adam got a contract extension. He got a year added to his deal. So um, I think that answers one question of, do you think this kid's going to make the team? Probably. I mean, Well, he could be a kickoff here. returner. That, I was going to say, his yeah. kickoff return ability makes him a very, very viable option as the third, fourth safety. They went, too ma- went through too many guys last year, kickoff returning. He's around 25 yards per kick, which is pretty good. Yeah. Like over 22 is good. That's what you're looking for. Agree. Uh, he's a was drafted as a corner, got moved to safety by the Rams. Which is what this team looks for. They need a fourth safety. He would be it uh, in case uh, someone else beats him out. Like our friend Trey Sullivan, we'll, we'll have to see. But mm-hmm. um, ha- one thing that Harry Roseman likes to do is younger players. He likes them on two-year deals, not one year. They want another. They want them under their control for two years so they can evaluate them. Because you know the first year, the guy's trying to make it. The guaranteed money in the contract's not going to keep on the roster. Theoretically, though, if you're going to if you're going to extend it, if you're going to go to him and do this, he's probably going to be on it unless he just doesn't have a good training camp. Right. But they definitely he's got. The, the big thing with, with Joe Douglas and Howie Roseman is you better have positional versatility. Unless you're a first-round pick, like obviously like the kid that they drafted, uh, Dillard. But almost, if you go through the, the, the their 90-man roster, I bet you 60 of them have it. They could do like something else. Cross-training? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we talked about that with the offensive line last pod, how guys like Big V are going to you know try guard a little bit, which which Doug Peterson acknowledged. Um, even In uh, his way. He didn't want to like come right. out and say and, it, but um, it's, it's going to happen. Matt Pryor has yeah. played both guard and tackle. They've cross-trained him at both. You know, Andre Dillard is going to start off playing left tackle and staying there, but at, at some point Doug opened up the idea that maybe you, you look at him at a guard just to see. Um, Wisniewski. We haven't gotten to that. Steph Wisniewski yeah. just signed by the team. Um Good signing, man. I mean, I look, I mean, I think he this was... This late? Ups- yeah, this late. And it doesn't count against the comp pick <laughs> while well, he was theirs anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's a good signing. And now you've got what I see for the offensive line is as a really good competition here. You've got good depth, right? You have your starting five, Peters, Kelsey, the two guards, Brooks and Sayamalu, and Lane Johnson. Mm-hmm. And after that, they've kept eight for the last two years, right? Now, they might keep nine because of Brooks coming off the... Achilles, they're going to need somebody. So who are the four going to be? You've got Big V. Mm-hmm. you got Maialata, another guy that talked about mm-hmm. cross-training. two. You've got Pryor. Three. And you've got Wisniewski. It's four. And I think I'm missing one one other, right? Oh, the kid, well, Sua. We, we talked about the guard. Right, but he's undrafted. He's undrafted, I mean, but he'll still be competing. Yeah. The reality is they needed a guard slash Wisniewski. This guy started in the Super Bowl, correct? Right. So they know him. And you know what? It goes to show you, don't worry about what players say when they're angry, when they when they know that it didn't work out for them. The Eagles didn't worry about it. They kept in touch. Howie Roseman did with uh, his his agents, uh, Tony Agnone and Ed Johnson. They, mm-hmm. t- um, Howie's done business with them for years. And they also, Trent Cole, by the way, that group. Right. So they kept in touch just like Howie did with um, Tim Jernigan's agent, Drew Rosenhaus. Mm-hmm. Kept the door open. Both, ironically, had their, their options decline. And yes, they're coming back for significantly less money. Okay, but you know what? You have a job, and and I like Wisniewski's tweet. It's actually kind of funny. He's, he's talking about potentially winning a Super Bowl again. He's wearing his little Tux T-shirt. So <laughs> you know what? Good job, good job by communicating, and they, they get him back. And and we've talked about for a, a month or so. Mm-hmm. Where's that backup guard center? Well, here he is with experience. Yeah, and look, I don't think it's out of question to say that this kid might be. The kid. He's not a kid anymore. Uh-huh. This guy might have to be your starting right guard to start the season if Brandon Brooks is I back. still think he's going to make it. That's mm-hmm. kind of the word I've gotten, the expectations that he'll be right, ready I'm week one. I'm just saying if there's a setback. But, if, he does, if, yeah. but if he's not, 
the question with Wiz is, is he, at what point does it become an issue where he's just not good enough? Right. Because that's why he keeps moving on, because he's good for a short amount of time. And if, for some reason, Brooks is not ready early on, I think two or three games you can get away with it. But their schedule gets challenging at some point, so... Uh, they need him back, but that was another big need coming out of the draft. You yep. could scratch that one off. All right. Well, let's. Um, we got OTAs. Rookie camp has just started, and OTAs are going to begin, I believe, next Friday. So we'll do a pod before that to really oh, for get sure. into oh, yeah. the, the heart of the start of OTAs. But as rookie camp has started, Adam, um, is there just someone you know, uh, whether it's a drafted kid or one of the UDFA's that we talked about, who who you are tantalized by? Anything interesting? A kid that you think is going to wow people right in the start of OTAs? It could be a draft. Or does it have to be any a, rookie? Any rookie? Okay, yeah. we're previewing rookie camp. Even That's though a it's good over. one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, in terms of wow, and wow, if we would have known, if we would have known that uh, Jordan Mailata would have been that guy, my God. Well, yeah. that, it wasn't really until training camp. Uh, I, I just think it's 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 there are a couple guys, and I, I mentioned earlier in, our, in the show mm-hmm. that someone, one or two linebackers, are going to have a chance to make the team. T.J. Edwards would be that guy for me. Now, mm-hmm. Alfieri's another guy. Yeah. But T.J. Edwards is a guy because he's got positional versatility. He's a big-time tackler. I- I'm interested by, by him. I really He am. would be my guy. He, nope. he would be my guy. Yeah, knowing that the Eagles in the past few years have found that their positions have, that are thin, they've really worked hard in U- UFA signings, and they've made an impact, as we've mentioned. Uh, I'm really interested in seeing that battle. So uh, that that is uh, you know rookie camp's over. Mini camp will start next week, and we'll have uh, when we do our next pod, we'll really preview some of the position battles that we expect to see with when the veterans come in. Um, before I think we move on, no, we're gonna do so, we're gonna go to ask the insiders. We got a, some great because we, we have got a some lot really of good them. questions. Yeah, the first one comes from Andrew Jarbola or Harbola if the J is silent. I don't know. Jarbola at AJ Jarbola or Harbola. Any more rumblings on the Big V and or Aguilar trade rumors? If you had to guess, what's most likely? Both gone, one gone, neither gone. And bi- bi- by the way, Big V was never on the block. I don't know where the, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I don't about. know why Big V would. He was never be on the. the yeah, he's he's on the funny of his deal. Right. Here's what this is what I think ha- happens. A blogger will write an article because the guy's on the funny of his deal. Is he available to trade and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. He, he's on the funny of his deal, but. And they have they haven't approached him as I understand it, to have his contract extended. Right. Now Aguilar was available. That's that's true. That's true. Um, I I don't see Big V being traded, and I'll tell you why. Well, let, let me ask you this real quick. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. They you tend to keep eight offensive linemen, and the bottom three offensive line the, the three backups are usually versatile. That's why you can get away yeah. with eight. Yeah. So let's say Brandon Brooks has a clean bill of hood goods coming out of out of health. Camp. Yeah. So yeah, clean bill of health. Sorry, coming out of out of <laughs> camp. So that's your starting five, and you keep three backups. So you've got Mayalata, you've got Pryor, mm-hmm. you've got Wisniewski, and you have Dillard. You know Dillard's making it, so that's six. So now you've got two for three spots. Ag- you've got Big V, you got Pryor, and Wisniewski. Is there a chance that maybe one of those guys is – well, it wouldn't, you wouldn't you'd get no value for Wisniewski. I don't know if there's value for Big V, but to the, to the question, maybe there's some value at the end of camp. You know how they always try to sure. pawn off a guy that they think they're going to well, cut? Supposed to get a pick for next year, sure. Is that maybe sure. the one sliver of, of a way that... Maybe. Yeah. I, mean, I, could, I could see that, maybe. Okay. All right. Uh, what do you think they could get for Agua real quick? Problem is his basis salary. He'd have, yeah, first of all, he'd have to... T- over $9 year. million. Yeah, and one-year deal. He'd have to take an extension, Yeah. and he's going to have to have his base salary cut significantly. That was the problem in trading him. Right. And then the, the problem there is, okay... If you do entertain a trade and you actually do it, who's mm-hmm. your slot receiver? Right. That's a good Our question. Our Sega Whiteside is not a slot. Oh, 
Uh, he is not in college, but the more I speak to some people, they think that maybe they in red zone. Transition him there. I asked a team that was actually Remember, looking at him fast. in the third round. He's not fast, but right. he has good lateral movement. Somebody told me a, a very respected scout, uh-huh. and this is just hypothesizing because we're trying to figure out where he fits. Uh-huh. That they could see the Eagles eventually. Not, not that they think this now, but saying, you know what, this kid's just a, a more reliable version of Jordan Matthews, a big slot receiver, but he catches everything. Yeah, he. Uh, by the way, he's six two. He's not six four. I keep seeing people talk about that. So six six four. two no, even. He plays like he's six, six two four, even. Yeah. Six two, yeah. His combine measurement was six two even. Right. And I asked another team to confirm it, and they said yes, that is true. What was Jordan? Probably like six. Jordan three, Matthews right? was six a three. Taller. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right now they just don't have a backup slot. Braxton Miller, Greg Ward are the two guys who would make sense, but they've right. never played. The, Miller never made it with the Texans. He made. He was on the roster, but he never. He was a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, former college quarterback, so I, I don't see that in terms of uh, Aguilar being traded. I, 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 the Eagles are going for it as though he will be on the team. Is my I understanding. I agree. Okay. Uh, next question comes from Dimitri Borandis, Boranadis, Boradanis. Sorry, at Mitchell, nineteen ninety two. Do you guys see the Eagles going into the season with all of the current possible starters at cornerback still on the roster, or is there a good chance to flip one of them for a position of need like pass rusher? Well, right now, Mills coming off back from Braley. Broken foot, but he'll be okay. Darby come back for an ACL. He'll be okay. When he's available, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You've got, and then you've got, of course, Sidney Jones. Right. For all of his injuries, he. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's almost missed half of his career so far yeah. uh, uh, since he was drafted. Uh, so Sewell Douglas, right? Avante Maddox, Cravon LeBlanc. Okay, so one of them is going to play safety, I think. Well, you got a lot of safeties now. You have Sendejo, you have Countess, you have Trey Sullivan, who was there last year. You got the Godwin. Uh, I'm not going to even try to pronounce the last name yet. Who they claimed off waivers? I, I don't know. Ibuike. Let's just let, we've talked about this. Let's make it as realistic as possible. Okay. Ronald Darby is a starter. Yep. Opposite Ronald Darby is either going to be Jalen Mills or Sidney Jones, mm-hmm. right? That, I mean, anything could change, but to me, that's the most. They can't deal with. They can't put Sidney Jones in the slot anymore. He's an outside corner. I totally agree. So let's totally say agree. Sidney Jones wins it like he should, theoretically. Yes. What do you do with Jalen Mills? He's not a slot because Avante he's Maddox. A, he's is a backup a slot. outside corner. So you keep him as a backup with one year left on his deal. No, I, he's I, okay. A, he's I mean, coming you, back. I feel like you, that might be trade bait there. He could be, but he's come back from a serious injury. Yeah. And you know what he is. He doesn't run all that well. He's a smart, tough, savvy guy. Right. It's a great story of development being a former seventh round pick. You know what he is. He's just he's a, a guy that I thought someday might play safety because he didn't run that well. Right. But to this point, they're not playing with safety. Not, no. Nothing that I've heard. I honestly think right now they have no. They can't predict the future. They have to see what Sidney Jones does before they can even entertain. I, the I agree. Idea of so so a to surplus. answer the question, I think they bring all to camp. They let it sort itself out. I think one of them gets moved. Yeah. What either to safety or gets traded. Yeah, I would think so. But the, then the question becomes, you know, what value? You know, like they traded Late. Jordan Matthews in a third. That was the big deal right. to get Ronald Darby. Right. So you'd have to trade Jalen Mills and uh, something more valuable to probably bring in an elite, a good pass rusher or a really good linebacker. Oh, that's not. You're not getting a good pass rusher for Jalen. No, Mills. you're not getting. No, that's what no. I'm saying. You have to give up something. just to give something. Yeah, you, right. you, to get anything that you think you could keep. At this point, yes. I think you're just looking for draft picks. Sure, for next year. Yep. All right. Uh, objective realist at Lake underscore Eagle 23. Is the Cody Kessler signing an addition for quarterback three competition or a sign Wentz may not be ready for OTAs? I think you discussed this. It has nothing to do with Wentz. No, I, I just think, but, but it does and it doesn't. It, they're not concerned about his long term health, but they you have to have four quarterbacks available. Right. And I think the Andrew Berry, I, I think Andrew Berry probably had something to do with it. 
Um, just because he knows the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Kessler's a guy who started games. Yeah. They don't have a backup quarterback on the roster starting NFL game. It's almost hard to believe. It is. So you have a guy who that th- this one guy's familiar with. Maybe someone else in the Eagles staff is familiar with him. I don't know. They scouted him, obviously. They know who he is as a quarterback. So that's that's why he's there, and you throw him in the mix and see what happens. All right, that's going to do it for Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles Intel. Next week, we'll be back, Adam and I, to preview the start of OTAs. For Adam Kaplan, I'm Jeff Mosher. Thanks for flying with us Inside the Birds. <laughs>